Hi, you're listening to a podcast brought to you by the teaching team at New Life in North Lincolnshire. New Life is committed to helping transform people and transform places through the love and power of Jesus Christ. We hope you, in some small way, will be blessed and transformed by this message. Hey, good morning. Good morning. I was very pleased when Angie announced that... uh, I'm preaching on God's purpose for humanity because I sort of have this mild panic walking in. What if I misread the brief? Um, And actually, I was supposed to be doing a different subject. So I've prepared a sermon on God's plan for humanity, uh, and that is the right week. So we're off to a good start so far. Um, And uh, yeah, we're talking all about purpose. And Sam kicked us off last week talking about God's plan for creation. And I know it can be very easy um, to sort of jump in. When we talk about what Christianity is, we, we sort of jump into the story, probably picking up at Genesis 3, uh, you know, where we talk about sin coming into the world and then God's plan to redeem us and rescue us from sin. But there is more, and it starts right back at Genesis 1 with God's plan for creation. And I think sometimes when we jump into the story, we have this version that's, well, what is God's plan for me? Forgetting that there's a plan for creation, that there's a plan for humanity, which I'm going to be talking about. And I really love what Sam was talking about last week. I, I like all those facts and figures, you know, when he was saying that, you know, if you wanted to drive to the sun, it's however, I can't even remember now. It's a long way, apparently. Um, I was going to make, no, I won't go, I'm going to make jokes about some songs that we might play. But anyway, um, uh, yeah, no, no, I'm moving on. Okay, so uh, it's a long way. And, you know, there's all these stars and planets and everything else. It kind of makes me feel bad, though, because, you know, I sort of sit there hearing about the universe. And I'm like, I wonder what I'll have for tea. Just kind of, you know, puts things in perspective, you know, I've got a meeting on Tuesday. Have I set up the Zoom link? Probably not. Have I set, you know, it's all these little things. Obviously, I don't think about that stuff while I'm in church because I'm focused on the Lord. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, all these little things, like hearing about the expanse of the universe puts things in perspective, doesn't it? You know, you realize, like, some of the things we, we stress and we, we sweat over. And actually, God's, you know, the universe has been here. God spoke it into being. And there's a plan for creation. So Sam uh, was talking about that last week. And I'm going to be talking this morning about God's plan for humanity. And we've been doing a lot on, you know, reading the Bible, either, either through Immerse or through the course I'm running on. How to read the Bible. And we've been looking at the different books. I'm going to make it really easy for everybody this morning. Uh, we're, doing, we're looking at Genesis 1. Because really, um, if there's one place you're going to talk about plan for humanity, you've got to start at Genesis, okay? So if you've got a Bible and you want to open it up, dead easy. It's like the first page. Maybe you've got a contents page or something first or on your phone. So you should be able to find it. There's a few verses. If you haven't got a Bible, don't worry. They'll come up on screen and uh, we'll, I'll be reading a few verses. I probably won't read the whole passage right now, but we'll come back to different parts through it as we go. So Genesis uh, chapter 1, and it says this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. 
And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. An evening passed and morning came, marking the first day. Then God said, let there be a space between the waters to separate the waters of the heavens from the waters of the earth. And that is what happened. God made this space to separate the waters of the earth from the waters of the heavens. And God called the space sky. An evening passed and morning came, marking the second day. And it goes on in this pattern. And we'll pick up that story in a moment. But there is this, this pattern where God is speaking. And the thing, because now I've been doing the how to read the Bible, apparently people have a few questions, well mainly just Sue Woodridge, but has a few questions about Genesis 1. Okay, here's the thing with Genesis 1 that we've got to bear in mind. The issue, and I can't get into all the technicalities of it now, but the issue is not to focus on the how, but the who and the why. Don't think about the how, but think about the who and the why. Genesis 1 is not just recording this is what happened, but it's recording who made it happen and why it happened. And it's a faith statement. It's a faith confession to say God made And there's lots of story, and I know Rob was talking about this a few weeks ago, lots of stories about creation in that period, the time that the Israelites were living, and there's all these sorts of battles between gods. And in Genesis 1, God speaks, and he says, let there be. And so we start off, and it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. Now, this isn't necessarily all where I want to... Focus the thoughts this morning, but it's a great thing, and I know, again, those who've been doing the Bible series with me will have heard me talk about this. But this verse, you know, these words here, formless and empty, it's a little Hebrew phrase, tohu verbohu. It says a W there, but, and you can use that if you want, tohu verbohu, which is this kind of idea of chaos, things being a bit out of order. And so in Genesis 1, we get this picture that things are tohu verbohu, and God speaks and brings things into order. Now, to help us understand this, I was thinking, how can, we, how can I illustrate this? And the best way I thought of is this, okay? There's a room just behind here in, on the stage, okay? I don't know if any of you have ever been here in, in this room, all right? But it's, the, it's like the PA room, and every church has one. It's the room where everything gets stored, and it gets thrown in. You've got a picture, if you like, of tohu verbohu. Like there's cables everywhere, there's mic stands, there's music stands, and it all just gets put in a cupboard. You've probably got a cupboard like that in your own house, yeah? Like just the cupboard where everything gets shoved in, all right? Now what happens in various points is that Dan, Dan Harmon, where is he? He's there at the back, the hero. He will go and he will tidy it. And there'll be a cupboard, and he'll get baskets, and he will put things in an order. He'll put the mic cables there, and the jack leads there, and the mic stands will go there, and HDMI cables. And you might be thinking, what are all those things? Don't worry. The point is, they're all there, they're coiled neatly, they're labeled, they're in the cupboard. Yeah? And so there is order brought out of the tohu verbohu that is the PA uh, PA cupboard. All right, it's brought into an order. That is what's going on. 
But then what happens, of course, is that church events happen. And you've probably seen us running around on a Sunday morning. You know, it's like baptism. We need more cables. Quick, quick, go. And we go. And so we grab stuff out. Or it's the uh, firework house party. Quick, we need more cables. We need more mics. We need more of this. And then at the end, we're all tired. So we just say, put it in the cupboard. We'll tidy it later. (laughs) And later never comes. So I'm not picking on the church, but that's what happens. So then eventually, a few weeks later, you go back in and we've returned to tohu bohu, We've returned to chaos, and it needs ordering again. Why does this matter? What is this all about? The point is that Israel, when they were writing Genesis 1, they're making a statement that God can bring order out of what seems to be a mess. And he's still in the business of doing that. God spoke over creation that was tohu bohu and said, let there be, and it was brought to order. And then we were talking about this on Thursday in the How to Read the Bible. Through the history of Israel, they end up in exile. And the situation right there, right then, looks to be tohu verbohu. This is chaos. This is messy. The world isn't like we expected it to be. We're not in our own land. We're not worshipping God in the way that we would. And they look at Genesis 1 and they say, The same God who was able to speak into creation... It's the same God that can speak into our lives. And I've got news for you this morning. It's the same God that is still in the business of speaking and meeting people where there is tohu vabohu, where there is formless and empty, where there is chaos, where there is mess, where there is difficulty, and God can speak into that. Do you feel encouraged this morning? Like maybe you know of a situation right now, people you're praying for. God, how can you do something in that situation? Listen, it's the same God. The same God can transform those people's lives. It's the same God that transformed our lives. Maybe we, you know, we probably wouldn't have said, my life was tohu verbohu, unless you were like, I don't know, uh, knew, knew these verses. But, but we might look back and we might say, yeah, that's exactly what I was like. My life was formless and empty. It was just, it felt barren. But God came and did something. Or maybe there was, it was just a mess, addiction, pain, something that had gone on. And God came, transformed your life. And God can keep doing that today. We look to Him. He is the God who transforms. And so what happens, what you'll notice as you go through the rest of this chapter is that God begins to speak over creation. And God begins to bring order out of it. And so this is why I'm saying we don't focus on the how, because they're trying to communicate in a way that people in that society would have understood. Okay, Because it wouldn't have worked if God had said to Moses, if it was Moses that wrote. So there's these things called atoms. And Moses is like, what's that? Well, they're really, really small. What, like, you know, sand? No, no, no. You can't even see them. Like, it just wouldn't have worked. So God communicates in a way that they understand. And he's saying this is effectively how it happened. You know, that there is a, there's a sort of this structure where God speaks. And then it happens. And then God reviews it. And God says, so God says, let there be light. And there was light. And then there's a day. And that's what's happening as we go through. And so the first thing about plan for humanity is that there is a rhythm 
to the world, that there's a rhythm in this chapter. And so what happens is that we see God speaks, it happens, God reviews, and he says it's good. God speaks, it happens, and there is order, and then he reviews it, and he says it's good. And there's this pattern, this rhythm that is going through life. That God created the universe in a way that it's sustained, and there is a rhythm and a pattern. Now what does this mean for us today? What, does, what impact does that have on God's plan for humanity? Well, what I want to encourage us with is this thought, this idea, that we are the ones who are called to worship that creator. The one who spoke these things into being and brought this rhythm into life, into the world, into creation. So too do we, we get to come and we get to worship The trouble is that we have a tendency to put other things in the place where God wants to be. You know, and and a lot of the stuff that you read when you go through the Old Testament, you'll read lots about um, how they worshipped other gods. And we might think, well, that seems irrelevant to us. That doesn't seem, you know, we don't have gods. But we do. We might not have like idols that we've carved or anything like people might have done in in ancient cultures. But we have things that we put in the place of God all the time. Things that we, we worship, we idolize. Things that we put above God's place. And what we need to remember is that we've got to come back not to worship created things, things that are fleeting, things that will pass away, as good as they may be. But we've got to come and worship God who is creator. And one of the things that is good for us in church, one of the things that's great about what we do on a Sunday is that we come and we confess what is truth. What a great song we were singing just a moment ago about the cross before me, the world behind me. We're confessing again. You know, I've sung that song many times before. I've prayed prayers similar to that many times before. But it's good, I know it is good for me to come. And in, you know, all the other stuff that crowds in in life, all the other things that are going on. What am I going to have for tea? Have I set the Zoom link up? You know, all those kinds of things. You know, all the big stuff that's happening is to come and say, God, you created a rhythm. And I worship you. And I focus on what is true. We need to remember, we need to speak out and confess what is truth. Whatever those songs may be, you know, Jesus, I'm I'm giving all to you, whatever it might be, what the enemy meant for evil, you can turn for good. Maybe that's the truth that we need to confess this morning, or maybe something else that we've been singing. But let me encourage us today, there is a rhythm and a pattern that God set in motion, and we get to worship that creator and enjoy that. And that's the second thing that's brought out in this passage in Genesis chapter 1, is that there is a relationship. So skipping right down to the uh, last few verses in Genesis uh, chapter 1, verse 26, it says this. God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, 
he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, Look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. And I have given every green plant as food for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, and the small animals that scurry along the ground, everything that has life. And that is what happened. Then God looked over all he had made, and he saw that it was very good. And evening passed, and morning came, marking the sixth day. So God does this, makes this creation. There's earth, sky, there's the land and the sea, the animals, trees, everything. And God says, let us make man in our own image, humans in our own image. So God creates humanity. And he created us for relationship, to enjoy him. And there's a beautiful picture that comes out then in the next chapter about God walking with them in the cool of the evening. And obviously things go wrong in that relationship, but God made people to be in relationship with them. And you know what? Sometimes, because we have all the, the, the things of church and the things of faith, and we can make it quite hard work. And we can forget that right at the heart of it, it's the fact that God wants to have a relationship with us. You know, you might have people that you know, and when you're going to meet them, you think, this could be hard work. Yeah? You know the sorts of people? If you don't, maybe it's you, and we can work on that. I don't know. <laughs> we can just deal with that before the Lord. Um, and I'm sure we've all got, got people in our world. You know, and sometimes we can make this relationship with God that's meant to be enjoyed and meant to be celebrated. We make it very hard work, don't we? You know, and even in church, this is what I love about here in New Life. We celebrate. Yes? We celebrate new life. I love the feel, the sense of worship that we have. Just again, the beautiful time that we had. Just a few moments, but praying for each other. Relaxed, easy, enjoying relationship with each other. But in the context of relationship with God. And our relationship with Him is meant to be one that we enjoy. That we enjoy. You know, we can feel like so much is, is a chore, it's hard work. And actually, remember, God created you for relationship. And if you aren't in that place where you know God as your Father, then you can today. Maybe you prayed that prayer that Russ led us in earlier. Maybe, there's, maybe that's the first time you've ever prayed that prayer. And you can start that relationship to enjoy life. What is God's plan for humanity? It's that we worship Him. It's that we enjoy our relationship, where it's not just something we do on a Sunday morning, where we come and we do the right things here, and then we go and we leave it. But actually, we have that relationship because then we go, and God makes a difference to how we live the rest of our week, because things are better when God is involved. God wants to walk with us through life, so that when we're in the good times, we can celebrate and God is there. And when we're in the difficulties, God can be our strength and God can help us through those times. 
When we're at a point in our life where there's choices and decisions, we say, God, what is it that you want? And I won't get into that too much because we might want to talk. Someone else is going to be talking about God's plan for your life. But you know, God brings a plan and a purpose for us. He doesn't just save us from the tohu v'bohu, but then he starts to build and develop things within us that we continue to live and to work out. So there is a rhythm and there's a relationship in God's plan for humanity. And then there's reproducing that comes through. Because God says to them, he doesn't just say, like, here, it's your, uh, you know, like, it's done now, you're made. But he says, I'm giving this to you now. So, They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock. Um, And he said, God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. God actually put people on earth for a reason. And like I say, we can get into the specifics of your purpose. I won't step on someone's toes and start preaching that sermon as well. But what we need to remember is that God's plan for humanity is, yes, that we enjoy that relationship with him. But, I mean, this is just mind-blowing. God creates the earth. And then he says, here. Now I want you to take responsibility. You know, if we think about, you know, creation. And I know it's a hot topic in the world, but if we want any sort of encouragement towards creation care. It's right here, Genesis 1. God says, this is my world, and now I give you responsibility. And I think because we sometimes have this mindset of, well, this will all disappear, and I'll be floating away in heaven. I'm not sure actually that is the picture. It's actually God creating a new heavens and a new earth, renewing all things and making them as they should be. The picture that we see here in Genesis 1 is where we're heading towards, uh, where we're heading towards at the end of time when God restores and renews all things to what they should be. So there is an encouragement to us, hey, this is the planet, look after it. And God says, I want you to do something. There is a purpose. And I know that we can talk a lot about you know, our identity and knowing who we are in Christ. Absolutely. You know that we, we, we just are content. This is who I am. That we don't need to do to impress God. However, God has given us responsibility. And I just want to encourage us with something. Because I think that we can, we can get this idea that, that fulfilling God's purpose... It's what we see here on a Sunday. Oh, Mark's fulfilling God's purpose. He's preaching the word. Or oh, the worship team, they're fulfilling God's purpose because you know, they're leading God's people. Or whatever else it might be. But you know, our purpose, the way in which we take that responsibility for the planet and we bring something to our world can be seen in all diff- sorts of different ways. Your job, the work that you do You know, nine to five, Monday to Friday, or whatever kind of job it is, shift work, whatever. And you might think, oh, it's just just a job, I get money. However, maybe that's part of God's plan for your life. That this is the way that you can contribute to the world and say, I'm making a difference. Whatever that profession might be, 
Now, I know what it's like. Some of us might feel, no, I do not feel this is God's plan for my life. When the alarm goes off at whatever time tomorrow and you're back in on the Zoom meetings or whatever it might look like, and you've got the work to do. But maybe the reason you're on, on the earth, the reason is because of the work you are doing, the job that you're involved in, is part of God's plan. You know, and we can just look to these things that we do that seem overtly spiritual. And actually, God's saying, no, this is my plan. I put every person on earth to do something and to contribute. And it's not just through our work, but of course, the way we, we show love and care for one another. That actually, it's not like, oh, well, some people preach the gospel, some people do social action. No, it's all part of the same thing of saying, God, I'm taking responsibility for what you have created. And I'm going to make a difference by showing love to my neighbor, by serving you in the best way that I can, and by honoring you with my life. Are you with me? That there is a plan and a purpose. However, before we get to that point, there's great news. And that is that after the sixth day, there's the seventh. Yeah, it's clever that, wasn't it? There's the seventh day, and uh, it's the Sabbath. And um, I, I feel kind of awkward, so I'm just going to say that for, I've got uh, Dr. John Andrews in the room, who has influenced my thinking on this subject a, a lot. And I remember uh, lectures with him, which um, has, has helped me to think through this whole idea of Sabbath and the concept that God starts with rest. Humanity comes into a day off. That's wonderful, isn't it? You know, first thing on the planet it's a day off. It's great. It's a day of rest. Now, there is something important about that idea. That we live in a world where we have a tendency to work, 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 work. Then when we feel absolutely shattered, we have a week off. It's two weeks, 13 days of which we're recovering from the shatteredness that we feel. We have one day where it's like, ah, the birds are singing, sun is shining, and then we're back to it again. Anyone sort of, it might not be 13 days, okay, but it's that kind of idea. Anyone sort of familiar with that sort of concept? That we, we were created as a rhythm of rest and work, rest and work, not work, then rest. Not work till you're absolutely shattered, then stop. Work till you crash, but actually rest and enjoy who God is. Enjoy who God is. And we can get caught up in our world, even in our own sense of self-importance. But you know, it can be a sobering thing for us to remember that the world was spinning before we got here. And it will continue to spin, unless Jesus returns, but it will continue to spin after we're gone. Now, I know that might sound like a, a very depressing thought, but the thing is, God, God ultimately is in control, so you can have a day off. Yeah? You can have a day of rest. This is what Walter Brueggemann says, Old Testament scholar. The Sabbath is a statement about the world. It announces that the world is safely in God's hands. The world will not disintegrate if we stop our efforts. The world is in God's hands. And I want to encourage us in this world where we have 24-7 everything, I know Rob was talking about it the other week. I have more information at my disposal on my phone than any person who's ever lived. That's a, that's a lot, yeah? <laughs> and I, I want to know it all. 
And, and we can have that fear of, oh, I've got to learn. I've got to find out. God, what's the news? I've got to be on social media. Our phone can ping any time of the day. The emails can drop in our inbox any time of the day. But God says, no, I've set a pattern and a plan. It's called Sabbath. A 24-hour period where you switch off. And I wonder, look, this is something that I'm not perfect at, but something that we as a family have tried to adopt, a 24-hour period where we're not doing those normal things. The phone, the, the social media goes, so it's not invading our life. We're not looking, checking work emails. Oh, I might just need to check to see if someone's... No, no, because the world will keep spinning. Because we used to run businesses before we had email. Did you know that? <laughs> Did you know that if your mobile phone rings, you don't always have to answer it? And I know that like, people get really stressed. I send their message and they've read it, but they haven't got back to me. Well, maybe they're having a Sabbath. <laughs> maybe, maybe there's more going on in the world. And we've got to remember there is Sabbath. God says this plan. We can rest and enjoy creation. And I think there's a problem. Because you see, what, with Sabbath, what we, what we sometimes do is we... we we spiritualize it because we know that ultimately there's a, there's a Sabbath rest, a salvation, you know, the ultimate coming into that salvation, that Sabbath rest. But there is a pattern here. There is a pattern that I believe God has put in place, not just because, and I know for some of you growing up, if you've been, you know, grew up in church, maybe Sunday and a day of rest wasn't like enjoyable because you weren't allowed to do anything, <laughs> That's not what God meant it to be. He meant it, he, he put it there for our benefit so that we can enjoy whatever that might be. And I would say to take seriously the idea, the concept of God has created Sabbath, a 24 hour period, not where we just stop and rest and we're so tired that we're just uh, recovering, but actually. We build a rhythm and a pattern to our lives just as God set in place in creation. It says, God, I'm pausing. Because I realize that ultimately, although you've given me responsibility and although I can contribute, God, you are in control. And God, I create, I have a Sabbath period. I'm going to switch off those other distractions. I'm going to switch off those things that crowd in and I'm going to devote some time to you. This is what God instituted for the people of Israel. And one of the things that happened is that he also instituted a, 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 a Sabbath for the land, which they didn't seem to follow. And as a consequence, they ended up in exile because God said, if you're not going to give the land rest, I'm going to take you out to give it its rest. And this is the trouble with our society, with this 24-7 world that we're in, is that we end up in a place where we crash and we break, rather than building in the rhythm. It's like it gets to that point. So there is a plan for humanity. There is a plan and a purpose. God created a rhythm. And we worship Him. And we're in relationship with Him. And we're put on the planet and we have responsibility to reproduce, to, to do something to contribute to society. And there is, in God's plan for humanity, the Sabbath rest. To, to punctuate our lives by saying, God, I'm devoting this time to you. And you know what? I just want to help us with this. If maybe you're here this morning and maybe you prayed that prayer that Russ led us in for the first time. 
Or maybe you're still thinking and making that decision and uh, I'm wondering, what do I need to do? You can enter into that relationship because to enjoy all of this, ultimately, we need to be in relationship with God, our Father. We need to come to that point of saying, God, I want to follow you. Jesus, I want to know you. And in a few moments, we're going to sing, we're going to worship, we're going to take communion together. But just as I draw to a close, I want to pray for us. So let's just bow our heads for a moment. And maybe you're here today. And I just want to make that appeal to those who maybe need to make that decision. To say, God, I want to know you. Father God, I want to know you. Jesus, I want to accept you. I've just shared a little bit of God's purpose. And in the weeks that are coming, there'll be people sharing about God's plan for the church and plan specifically for your life. So I've just shared a little bit of it. But maybe with that bit, there's something that you're responding to and saying, yes, Jesus, I want to know you. And you can make that decision. If you want to talk to someone after, then there's that space, the place at the back where you can go and talk to someone, find someone with the lanyard that says need to talk. Or maybe as we come and we take communion, where we, we remember that Jesus died for us and rose again, that this will have meaning for you. Or maybe if you're here And you've known Jesus, you've made that decision before, but you're realizing there's things that I just need to correct. I need to get that Sabbath right. I need to remember, yeah, God, that thing I'm doing is your purpose for my life. We could just make those commitments or to enjoy that relationship. So, Father God, I thank you that you have a plan for humanity. You want us to enjoy you and worship you. That God, life is better. Life is lived to the fullest when we put our trust in you. And I pray that if there are people here this morning who have made that decision for the first time, I pray that you will draw close to them. I pray that they will know a change in their lives. God, we pray for those situations people may know here that seem tohu bohu, that seem chaotic, that seem messy. But God, we look to you who is the one who can transform by the power of your word. And we pray for them. God, we pray that you will change and transform people's lives. We pray, Father God, that you will help us as your people to remember your plan for us to live in the fullness of all that you have, enjoying that relationship with you, worshiping you, enjoying what you've called us to do, and enjoying Sabbath with you in our lives. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this message from New Life in North Lincolnshire. To find out more, do visit us online at newlifechurch.uk or why not pay us a visit? We'd love to see you.